When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Long Acres Finance Channel. One of the best things about dividend investing is the idea that one day this passive dividend income stream will generate enough money to pay your bills and help you retire. But the picture becomes fuzzy on exactly when that one day will come. Will it be next year or 20 years from now? And are you investing enough to achieve the passive dividend income you will need to hit this goal? Today I'm going to dive into this question, and with some simple math I'll help you get a better understanding of what level of dividend income you can build and determine if you're on the right track to hit your goal. Also, your investing plan should be aligned with your long-term dividend income goals. So if you haven't computed this math already, today might be a good time to start. Alright, let's jump right in. Everyone knows that there is a lot of uncertainty when it comes to investing. But there are aspects of investing, and dividend investing specifically, you as the investor can control, that will help you reach your goals. In order to forecast your future dividend income, you only need three pieces of information. They are your target dividend yield, the dividend growth of your investments, and your current contribution amount. The contribution amount is the easiest to forecast of these three factors, since this is 100% directly under your control. And yes, I know things can happen in the future that may alter your ability to contribute to your portfolio. But unforeseen future events aside, you should be able to confidently forecast your future contributions. Now whether you choose to contribute a fixed amount weekly or monthly makes little difference over a longer period of time. The importance is to contribute as much as you comfortably can, and to do so consistently for as long as you can. The dividend yield of your portfolio is the next easiest piece of information to forecast. You, as the investor, have full control over which stocks or funds you invest in, and therefore you can choose the starting dividend yield of your future contributions. The market may sway current dividend yields up and down as asset valuations swing with sentiment. But if you are diligent in your stock research, you can always find a security that will fit your investment objective. The toughest information to predict that we need is the future dividend growth. It's the toughest to predict because we simply do not know what dividend increases various stocks or funds will declare in the future. In order to predict future dividend growth, we can use historical dividend growth and future business growth as a general guideline. Okay, so let me share with you an example of how you can use these three pieces of information to estimate your future dividend income. And by adjusting your assumptions for these three factors, we can get an idea of what parameters will help us reach our long-term goals. Okay, so in the first example, I am going to use a 20-year period of time. Let's say we have 20 years to reach our desired annual dividend income goal that will help fund our retirement. The starting factors will be a 3% dividend yield. So each contribution we make to this portfolio will be invested at a current dividend yield of 3%. It doesn't matter where it goes from there, so long as it's 3% at the start. The desired dividend growth rate will be 8% annually which means that the stocks or ETFs we invest in will need to increase dividend payments by 8% per year. They don't all need to have this rate of increase, but collectively the portfolio dividend income as a whole will need to grow at 8% per year. So for example, if one of your positions increases its dividend at a rate of 6% per year, we will need another position to increase its dividend at a rate of 10% to compensate for the shortfall of the first security. I think 8% is a very achievable rate of dividend growth for a 3% dividend yield portfolio. And the last factor is the contribution amount. And for my example, I will go pretty aggressively and say we will contribute $2,500 each month to this portfolio. 
20 years may seem like a long period of time, but you still need to invest aggressively to build a sizable portfolio in this window of time. One thing I'd like to note here is the longer your time window is, the smaller the contribution will be to hit your target. Time accelerates the compounding effect and really works magically in your favor. For example, if we compare investing for 20 or 25 years, we have a difference of 25%. 25 years is 5 years longer than 20 years, and 5 divided by 20 is 25%. So 25 years is 25% longer than 20 years. But in terms of results, the final dividend income can be closer to 50% better after 25 years versus 20 years, because the growth of compound interest is exponential. Each additional year of investing we have will grow our final dividend income faster than the preceding year, assuming normal market conditions, of course. You'll get a sense for this later on in the example. Okay, getting back to our example. There are essentially three ways the dividend income of your dividend portfolio can grow. The first is the dividend income produced from your contributions. In our example, we are contributing $2,500 per month, or $30,000 per year. At an initial dividend yield of 3%, this equates to $900 of annual dividend income from each year's contributions. The second form through which our dividend income grows is dividend reinvestment. As we start to receive dividend income from our portfolio, we can reinvest those dividends to start generating more dividend income. And the third and final form of dividend income growth is through dividend increases. As stocks and funds declare higher dividend payments, our dividend income in turn also becomes larger. Okay, so let's compute the dividend income for year number one in our portfolio. If we contribute $2,500 each month for a total of $30,000 during the year, this will generate $900 of future annual dividend income at a starting dividend yield of 3%. Assuming we hit our target 8% dividend increase during the year, our portfolio dividend income will increase by $36. The way I computed this is by taking the initial dividend income amount, which in year 1 was 0 since we just started the portfolio, and I took the $900 of dividend income from our contributions and divided this amount by half. Since I am assuming we will make monthly contributions to this portfolio, it's likely only some of this dividend income will be able to benefit from dividend increases that are scattered throughout the year. To simplify the calculation, I am assuming only half of the newly contributed cash and the resulting dividend income will benefit from dividend increases. The next part is the dividend income generated through dividend reinvestment. And for year number one, I am forecasting $14.58 of additional dividend income as a direct result of reinvesting dividends. This amount is computed as follows. I take the beginning dividend amount for the year, and I add the dividend income from the dividend growth and half the dividend income from the contributions to the portfolio. Since we are making monthly contributions into the portfolio, they will likely not generate the full $900 of annual dividend income in the first year. To simplify the calculation, I am assuming they can generate half the expected dividend income in year number one. Adding up all three dividend income factors, we come up with $950.58 of projected annual dividend income that the portfolio will generate from this point going forward. We can then use this projection as the beginning dividend income amount for year number two, and then add the additional dividend income from contributions, dividend growth, and dividend reinvestment, and so forth for the 20 years in my example. Initially, the bulk of the increase in our annual dividend income is driven directly by our contributions. But in year number 10, the increase to dividend income from dividend growth surpasses the dividend increase from contributions. The dividend income from our contributions is fixed at $900 per year, in this example, since we are contributing a fixed amount to the portfolio each year, and we are investing these contributions at a starting dividend yield of 3%. The dividend income generated through dividend increases and dividend reinvestment is growing each year. Both start out rather small, but gain momentum as time progresses. In year 17, the dividend income growth from dividend reinvestment surpasses the dividend income growth from our annual contributions. In this example, the final projected dividend income after year 20 for this portfolio is just shy of $43,000 per year. 
Therefore, we can expect this portfolio to at the very least produce this level of dividend income annually going forward. And if we look at the added dividend income in year 20, it is $5,317.54, which equates to a little more than 12% of the total projected annual dividend income. For comparison purposes, the dividend income from year 1 of $950.58 is only about 2.2% of the total projected annual dividend income. So as you can see, each year our dividend income is expanding faster than the preceding year. And this expansion is directly related to the dividend increases of our assets and dividend reinvestment. Time is your best friend for dividend growth. If we break down the $43 of future annual dividend income, about 47% of it is derived from dividend increases. About 34% is a result of our contributions into the portfolio. And the final 19% is a result of dividend reinvestment. So about 66% of our dividend income came from factors other than our actual contributions into the portfolio. This points to the importance of reinvesting dividends and not discounting the power of dividend increases in the long term. Let's have a look at this portfolio beyond year 20 and how it would keep growing for the next 20 years in our hypothetical retirement. Since now we would be retired, we are no longer contributing money to this portfolio, so our dividend income will not grow as a result of contributions. And we are utilizing the dividend income produced by this portfolio to fund our life, so there will be no more growth from dividend reinvestment. As a result, the only form of growth for our dividend income will be from dividend increases. If we assume a continued 8% annual dividend increase for the portfolio, over the next 20 years, our projected annual dividend income increases from $46,000 in year 21 to nearly $200,000 in year 40. This showcases the real power of dividend increases, as our dividend income more than quadrupled during the span of 20 years. As a retiree, this can allow your income to not only keep up with inflation, but ideally outpace that inflation. As a result, it can improve the quality of your life each year and allow you to enjoy your time more. But maybe $43,000 of dividend income isn't enough for you to retire on or to supplement your other retirement income. Let's see how these amounts change if we decide to target a higher initial dividend yield at the cost of dividend increases. Let's say we want the initial dividend yield of our contributions to be 5%, and we are willing to have our portfolio dividend increase to be 5% as well. Generally, this is the pattern that dividend stocks follow. Higher yielding dividend stocks will grow their dividend payments at slower rates. While there is no right or wrong balance of the two, it comes down to what you are comfortable with and your investing horizon. Okay, so changing the dividend yield and dividend growth from 3.8% to 5%, we now finish year 20 with a projected annual dividend income of about $51,000. That's an additional $8,000 of annual dividend income, which is a sizable amount. The composition of how this annual dividend income was generated also changes. In the prior example, the bulk of our dividend income was a direct result of dividend increases. In this example, however, dividend increases account for only about 29% of the final annual dividend income. Our contributions now account for the bulk of the annual dividend income at about 41%, and the portion of dividend income derived from reinvestment increases to about 30%. This breakdown is very important, because if you recall from the prior example, in all subsequent years following our retirement, it's the dividend increases that are solely responsible for increasing our annual dividend income. So while in the higher initial dividend yield example, you would start your retirement with a higher initial dividend amount, that dividend income would grow slower in the future. Assuming a continued 5% annual dividend increase for the portfolio, we could expect our dividend income to multiply about 2.5 times, from $53,000 to $135,000 over the next 20 years. If you recall, under the previous dividend yield and dividend growth assumptions, our retirement dividend income more than quadrupled, and the final annual dividend income in year 40 would have been nearly $200,000, opposed to only about $135,000 in the current example. 
The bottom line comes down to which scenario you are most comfortable with. Of course, both examples are based on assumptions that we can attain the dividend growth we aim for. A real-life scenario would likely play out much differently, but in theory it should follow the same general pattern if our assumptions pan out. I use this forecast to estimate the future dividend income my actual M1 dividend portfolio will be able to generate in the future, and I'd like to share this forecast here with you now. If you followed my dividend journey, you may know that I typically target a lower dividend yield than most dividend investors. For my forecast, I used a 2.3% current dividend yield assumption, which aligns with how I've invested in this portfolio in the past. In lieu of a higher dividend yield, I am expecting my portfolio dividend growth to be higher. In my forecast, I use a 10% dividend growth assumption, and my projected future contributions are about $500 per month. I am going to turn 37 years old in 2022, and I have set my forecast for the next 29 years that would bring me to age 65, which is the full retirement age as of right now. Based on these assumptions and the 29-year timeline, I am forecasting this portfolio to generate about $23,000 of annual dividend income after year number 29. For me, this is perfectly acceptable, since this isn't my primary retirement portfolio, but more of a hobby portfolio where I can employ some of my dividend ideas. My contributions will account for about 14% of the final dividend income produced by this portfolio, which means that the other 86% of the dividend income will be a direct result of dividend increases and reinvestment. Dividend increases are the primary factor of dividend growth for this portfolio, accounting for about 68% of the final projected dividend income. Should I live to age 85, which is 20 years into a standard retirement period, the annual dividend income produced by this portfolio could climb from about $25,000 per year at the beginning to about $157,000 per year in the final year. That's a pretty sizable change in the annual dividend amount. Granted, it still assumes a 10% dividend growth rate year after year. I think I can attain this dividend growth rate over the next 29 years, but it may not be as easy to do so indefinitely. I personally am more of the mindset focused on dividend growth and the power of exponential growth through compounding, but I also have a good chunk of time ahead of me to reap the rewards compounding has to offer. I can understand how everyone may not be in the same position or even have the same mindset, but I hope you can use this example to create a plan for your own dividend investing journey. It's nice to play around with the numbers until you find a sweet spot between the dividend yield and dividend growth that suits you. Let me know if you have any questions in the comments below. If you enjoyed the video, I would appreciate if you gave it a like and subscribe to the channel. Thank you for watching and see you next time.